the uh, he, here is the book I'm going to uh, present, as you can see. Um, can you see it? Yeah. Okay. Uh, it, it, it's been advertised uh, on your screen under slightly false pretenses. It seems like it, 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 it makes it seem like I'm the main author and the other two are a sort of collaborator with me. But in fact, uh, of the three authors, I've done the least amount of work on this uh, volume. My two other uh, uh, co-authors have done much more than, than I have done. Uh, secondly, I hope you will join me in sending best regards to uh, the first author, Emmanuel Forjun, who is now recovering from a recent heart attack. Uh, he, he, uh, I, I send him best wishes. He's recovering well, but uh, let's you know all join in sending him uh, best regards. Um, now, uh, this book uh, doesn't assume that the reader is familiar with a traditional Marxian political economy. Uh, you don't need to have read uh, Capital or any of the sort of uh, uh, short courses based on this Capital, uh, although it wouldn't hurt if you have that. Uh, but uh, of course, many of you will have uh, been, uh, will have read this Capital or some uh, other <coughs> book presenting traditional uh, uh, Marxian political economy. To those of you, uh, what I will say will sound somehow familiar, but also somehow offbeat. Uh, this is because the work I'm presenting can be described as unorthodox Marxian political economy. It's not orthodox. Uh, in what sense do I mean it's not orthodox? Well, uh, uh, the following three things. Uh, we do not assume and we do not accept that Marx was always right. Uh, he was wrong on some things, including uh, uh, things on political economy. Uh, secondly, even where he was right, and in my humble opinion, many, many, if not most things he was right on, his argument for uh, making uh, this or that statement may not be uh, correct or, may, or not the best argument leading to this conclusion. Um, and thirdly, that using different methodology than traditional uh, Marxist economy um, may lead to more powerful uh, additional results, uh, which you cannot derived by uh, the traditional methodology. Uh, I think that Das Capital can be compared to a book that appeared more or less at about the same time, and that's The Origin of Species. Um, nobody who is interested in uh, evolution, and in fact, nobody who wants to be properly educated can do without reading the origin of species. But we don't teach evolution theory from the origin of species. It is, uh, things have progressed beyond it. It, it, is, it is a book written in sort of uh, 
mid second half of the 19th century. We are living two centuries ahead. And the same, uh, I think, applies to Das Kapital. I think uh, everybody should read it, especially the first volume, especially the first volume, but also some uh, parts of the others. But I think it is uh, wrong to think that this is the last word in this tradition of political economy. Okay, now I want to state the problem that we address, and this is a, a, an important but a, a restricted problem uh, that we address in, 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 in this book. Uh, it is uh, finding a bridge between two levels or two spheres of the capitalist uh, economic system. We can uh, regard it as consisting or comprising two levels or two spheres. Um, at the deeper level, there is what Marx actually uh, uh, referred to as the hidden abode of production. This is the sphere of production and consumption where the basic metabolism of the economic system takes place. Things are produced and then consumed. Some of them are consumed as inputs for further production. Some of them end up by uh, being uh, consumed by consumers uh, and uh, leave the, the, uh, pro the productive uh, uh, sphere. Now this uh, level, this, this sphere exists in all economic systems. It's not just under capitalism that it exists. In every uh, human society, uh, in every every uh, economic system that has existed or that can exist, this sphere is there. Uh, the basic productive and consumption metabolism of, of uh, the society. At this level, uh, goods and services appear as products. Now, uh, consistently, I will refer to products as comprising both goods, physical goods, abstract goods, as well as services. These are all products. What products share is that they all have as direct or indirect input human labor. Human labor is a direct and or indirect input of all products. Uh, now, in fact, uh, each product has three kinds of input. It has uh, input as labor, labor input. Labor is expended in, uh, or may be expended in producing it directly. Uh, it has uh, previously produced products as inputs, and it has gifts of nature. Let, let me give you a simple example. A farmer grows uh, wheat. Now, uh, the, the inputs for the production of wheat include, first of all, labor. Secondly, previously produced products, seeds, 
fuel for the machinery that is used, etc., etc., and gifts of nature. Uh, you cannot grow wheat without some sunshine, uh, rain, etc. These are gifts of nature. But in fact, if you take the uh, previously produced uh, inputs and resolve them again into their own inputs and proceed in this way, then you end up with two kinds of ultimate inputs. Ultimately, if you, if you pursue the analysis of direct inputs further and further back, you end up just with labor and gifts of nature. And uh, the obvious and natural way to measure products, a common measure that uh, naturally applies to all products is the amount of direct and indirect labor that is uh, 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 used in them. They embody a certain amount of uh, direct and indirect uh, labor in their production. So uh, we call this uh, amount uh, the labor content of a given product. The labor content, uh, content of a given product is the amount, the total uh, amount measured in worker hours, how many worker hours are embodied in the given product. Now, those of you who are familiar with Marxian economy will uh, see immediately that what uh, I'm talking about is what Marx calls for, what uh, 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 Marx uh, calls uh, value. Uh, well, our definition of labor content differs in some respects from Marx's definition of value, but these differences are minor and, and do not affect my present discussion. Nevertheless, I avoid using the term uh, value for two reasons. First of all, uh, it, is, uh, it begs certain questions that I want to avoid. The term value itself is loaded. Secondly, it is liable to be confused with other uses of the term labor, especially a, a, a term that I will have to use later on, which, is, which will be very important in the discussion, and that is value-added. Those of us who live in countries where you pay tax on value-added are familiar with this value-added tax uh, is uh, levied on a certain amount of uh, uh, a certain sum of money, uh, which is quite different from the meaning of value uh, in, in Marx. So I will continue to use labor content, but if you wish to think of labor content as more or less the same thing as uh, Marx's lab, uh, uh, value, then uh, please go ahead. I'm, I'm not uh, going to quarrel with this. So this is one level of the economy, which, as I said, exists in all economic systems. There, however, in uh, many economic systems, there is a further level which mediates processes that take place at the level of production. And by this, I mean the level of the market. Uh, for example, 
a, a, a product that is used either as a, an input for uh, further uh, production or for ultimate consumption uh, doesn't go direct from the producer to the uh, location where it is used or consumed, but is uh, mediated by process, by, by a, a, a transaction that is called uh, purchase, sale and purchase. For example, uh, electricity that is produced by the uh, uh, electricity generating uh, uh, facility uh, is sold by the producer and is bought by uh, other uh, firms that produce further products and use electricity and also is as we know now <laughs> very clearly is also uh, bought has to be bought by the ultimate consumer we don't get directly uh, uh, electricity from from the electric electric uh, uh, producing facility but it, it it has to go uh, through a, 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 a transaction of sale and purchase now at this level in under capitalism this this level of the market assumes an enormous size and importance to the extent that uh, uh, the direct producers the people who actually do the work uh, have to uh, purchase their uh, means of subsistence and all all, all the products that they use um, and uh, the uh, uh, firms that that produce that, uh, that manufacture uh, uh, the various products have to buy labor power at the mar on the, on the market so everything is bought and sold so this this uh, level um, is uh, the level of uh, commodities here at this level goods and services appear as commodities which uh, are bought and sold obviously the common measure of commodities is their price now uh, price is measured in in various currencies dollars pounds euros yens whatever um, Whereas price is something overt, there, there are of course few secret transactions where we don't know what price was paid for a given uh, commodity. But on the whole, uh, it is, it is uh, an obvious uh, measure of, of uh, commodities. You go to the supermarket, the price of each, of each item is, is, is uh, displayed. It's something... Uh, uh, quite patent on the other hand if you start to think of it the labor content of a product is not at all obvious it is not something that is uh, uh, stuck as a label on on the given product it's something that that involves quite complicated computation i mean if you start to think about it because you need to take into consideration not only the direct labor input 
that uh, goes into the given product, but also the the indirect uh, and the indirect goes back several stages back. Uh, then, uh, in fact, in order to uh, find out the labor content of a given product, um, you need to go through a, an enormously complicated uh, uh, computation. Uh, and this gives, uh, if you like, uh, a further justification to what uh, the, uh, the description of Marx, uh, that Marx gave to this level as the hidden abode of production. It is hidden in, also in the sense that the uh, uh, natural common measure of products, namely the labor content is, uh, not at all uh, obvious, but involves uh, quite a lot of computation. And in fact, uh, uh, very few of us are, are, are in a position to figure out the uh, labor content of a given uh, product. Okay. So going back to stating the uh, basic problem that uh, we address in this book is how do we uh, build a bridge between these two levels? We need a bridge between the level of production and the level of the market uh, for two-way traffic. On the one hand, uh, we uh, need the phenomena to explain the phenomena of the market in terms of what goes on in the sphere of production. The, uh, obviously the level of, of the market is not autonomous. What goes on, the, the various movements and the various phenomena that occur in it are in the end driven by what occurs in the a, a level of production. How do we explain the movements of prices, etc., in terms of uh, labor content and in terms of uh, other phenomena of the level of production? That is one direction for which we need the bridge, but also we need the bridge between these two levels in order to use the freely available data from the market, that is to say prices, which are uh, uh, open, openly uh, displayed and various, uh, various quantities that use prices like uh, uh, value added, which I will explain in a moment. I will uh, give, you, give you the rough definition of value added, which is a price quantity. Uh, gross national product, et cetera, et cetera. Various uh, productivity of labor in the, the, the sense that uh, official statistics define it. Uh, how, do we, how do we use these data which are available in order to figure out what is going on in the, on the hidden uh, uh, domain of production? So we need a bridge between this, these two uh, levels. 
We need, a, 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 in, in particular, a bridge between the, the quantities of uh, labor content and price. Now here we part company with uh, the way Marx addresses this. Uh, you, you may ask, can we use information about L content of a given product to figure out its price? That's, I, I, I went to the supermarket, I bought a, a, a kilogram of sugar um, for a given price. Can you explain this price in terms of the labor content of, of this product? Uh, we don't think you can, and that neither does Marx in the end, but can we use information about the labor content of all products, not only the sugar, everything that goes into the sugar, can we use, can we use the, the, the full information if we had such a, a thing uh, about labor contents in order to determine the price of a particular commodity, uh, which is bought and sold in the, uh, uh, in a, a given uh, transaction on the market. We think that it is uh, misguided to look for such determination. We do not think that you can determine um, individual uh, prices by information about labor contents. Individual prices, I mean the, the price of a given commodity or a given type of commodity at a given time. Moreover, uh, this is not only impossible, but also unnecessary because political economy is a macro discipline. It is not really concerned. It's not really important for us to know, uh, uh, to be able to determine the uh, price of a, a, a particular individual commodity. Okay, but that doesn't mean that there is no connection. Uh, our methodology is based on a statistical view of the connection between uh, prices and uh, labor content. Let us consider the totality of transactions of sale and purchase of uh, commodity products during a given period, say during a month in a big economic domain, for example, the United States, the, the EU, China, or, or for that matter, the whole world. We cannot use full data, if, even if we had them about L content in order to determine individual prices, but uh, we can uh, look at the statistical connection. And it, it turns out that this statistical connection is extremely important and also extremely uh, fertile in terms of the uh, uh, results that it can uh, allow us to, to deduce. Here, I, I want to go to share with you my screen. Okay, now uh, for uh, this graph represents uh, schematically the following quantity for each transaction in, let us say in a given month, in a given economic domain, uh, we plot the ratio between the price 
of the uh, commodity product that has been bought and sold and its labor content. So what you can see here is that this ratio is not constant. It differs from, from uh, transaction to transaction. Uh, on this graph, which is more or less realistic for the United States a year or two ago, um, you can see that uh, most, uh, uh, the bulk of transactions have a, a price rate. That is to say the ratio between price and labor content of the item that is being bought and sold. Between, uh, uh, in this domain, between 25, to 75 uh, uh, in, 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 in terms of you know, dollars per uh, worker hour. The, the, the units in which this ratio is measured is price, let us say dollars per uh, worker hour. Worker hour is the common measure of labor content. The labor content of a given uh, product is uh, the amount of uh, worker hours uh, uh, used directly and indirectly to produce it. Here we have the, the ratio between the price and the, the labor content of a given, uh, in a given transaction of buying and selling of a commodity product. And uh, uh, as you can see, uh, uh, the, the distribution is rather tight. In other words, uh, there is quite a, a close uh, correlation between labor uh, content and price. There is no one-to-one -one correspondence, there is no uh, equality, but there is a, a, a rather tight spread uh, of uh, uh, this kind of thing. Okay. All right. Uh, now, where, where was it? Okay. The thing is that here we can use a very powerful result uh, from statistics. Although the uh, ratio, which I call price rate of a given uh, transaction, is variable all over the place. What happens if you take a rather big sample of such transactions? Let us take a, a, a sample basket of a diverse, a, 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 a diverse commodity products uh, of a larger, uh, big size. Let you can think of the, the kind of the kind of collection of items that is used in order to calculate. Uh, the price uh, 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 price index, retail price index. It is the, the statisticians take a, a, a rather big uh, uh, collection of items of diverse kinds and use it to, to uh, calculate the rate of uh, inflation. The rate of uh, in, in, uh, price rise is different for each item but they use the a big basket of uh, items in order to, to uh, calculate the sort of the average. This is because, uh, this is, this, this is uh, uh, possible because the 
law of large numbers of statistics tells us that if you take a large basket, and I uh, will refer now uh, uh, repeatedly to a basket by which I mean a large collection of diverse commodity products, a representative sample. If you take a representative sample of commodity products and you calculate its uh, uh, specific uh, price, that is to say the ratio between the total price of the, the items in the basket divided by the number of worker hours required to produce the totality of these items, then this ratio is uh, with a very high probability, very, very near to the average of the distribution. Let me go back to uh, where is the share? Our share screen again. Okay. Let me go back. So you see here, uh, th this is the distribution of. Uh, the ratio price per uh, worker hour for individual commodities. But if you take a, a large basket, uh, first of all, take eight, eight items, well, it, 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 it's quite far from the average of the distribution. For 80 items, you 800 items, 8,000 items, 80,000 items, you, it turns out that the, the price rate for this whole basket is very near to the average of the distribution, which was at 60, I'll show you. The, the average uh, uh, of the whole distribution is not the highest point of the curve, it is some, somewhere here, 60. These are realistic numbers for the United States uh, in recent years, or last, last year or the year before. Now, we have a remarkable result. It, 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 we are able to prove, I will not go take you through the, the uh, uh, technicalities of the proof, but you can find it in the book, that for a large basket, a large sample of commodity products, the price rate is uh, very near the average of the distribution, which uh, happens, which uh, turns out to be equal to the average wage rate in the economy divided by the wage share. Now I have to explain what I mean by wage share. Okay. What does stop share? Okay. In order to explain what what the wage what the share of wages in the economy is, I have to uh, remind you or uh, tell you if you haven't uh, uh, heard it before what is meant by by value added. The value added, uh, for example, of a, of a firm in a given. Uh, uh, period, let's say uh, in a given month or a given year, is a sum of money equal 
to the total prices that the uh, firm gets by selling its products. So the total price sale of its products minus the total cost of its non-labor inputs. Okay. So uh, when you pay a value-added tax, you, you uh, 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 commission the contractor to do some building works for you. This is a common experience of many of us. We have a the contractor employs a, a certain number of workers. Now, what you pay value-added tax on is the value-added of the work done, which is the total uh, uh, sale price of the uh, contractor, the, the total uh, net money that, that you pay him, minus the uh, cost of non-labor inputs, materials, paints, uh, bricks, etc., etc. This is the value added. You can, you, you can compute it, and it, there, there are statistics about it, not for individual firms, but for whole economy, for whole, uh, for whole uh, sectors of the economy and for the whole economy. This is, this is, the, uh, this is called the value added in a given economy. Now, by wage share, we mean the, the total, the, the share, the relative share of the wages in this uh, value added, because from the value added, Part of it is paid as uh, uh, wages for the workers employed in production. The remaining part is uh, taken as profit uh, for the, the employer, for banks, etc., etc., etc. The workers uh, don't get it. Now, the, the wage share uh, in the large economic sphere uh, is. Uh, around 50%, half. And remarkably, it has been more or less around half since uh, many, many decades. In fact, in all the, uh, most of the examples that Marx gives in Das Kapital for these calculations, it turned out if you, if you use the, the uh, definition of uh, wage share that I gave you, uh, it turns out that, that uh, the wage share that he assumes is one half. Okay. Okay. Let's 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 get get back to the. Uh, okay. Now the the wonderful thing about it is that the average wage rate as well as the wage share are available in uh, national statistics. This is something that is not hidden. It is not like uh, labor content that is, that is very uh, hidden and, and not at all uh, uh, available in, in statistics. There are very few uh, statistical studies that tell you about uh, uh, the uh, uh, labor content of, of products. But uh, both the average, average uh, wage rate and the wage share are available in uh, uh, national statistics. 
this is this is fantastic because it enables us to convert from prices to labor content, not for individual product, but for baskets. Let's see how this is done. Okay, as you can see, this is, these are fairly realistic uh, uh, numbers. In the US economy, not now, but a year or two ago, the average hourly rate was $30 per hour. By the way, the average is not the same as uh, uh, the uh, uh, median. It doesn't mean that most, uh, workers got this pay. In fact, the majority of workers got uh, much less than, uh, or considerably less than $30 uh, uh, dollars per uh, hour. Because the median, the, the, the uh, wage rate of, uh, the median of the distribution is uh, considerably less than, than $30. The average is not the same as the median. The median is the, the uh, 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 wage rate that is given to uh, 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 this or less than it is, is uh, made by 50% uh, uh, of, of the uh, uh, working hours. So anyway, but the, the average was about $30. The wage share was uh, around 50%. So you, in order to, uh, el, to figure out the specific price or the, 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 the price rate of a basket of commodities, a large basket of, of commodity product, we have to divide 30 by one half. 30 divided by one half is 60. So the answer is $60 per working hour, for worker hour. Or if you like, $1 bought you one minute of worker hour, or worker uh, labor, one minute of uh, working time. Not for individual product. It doesn't work if you try to apply to individual product. I mean, this this is this is can be more or it can be less. But for a, a sample, a large sample of commodity products, the rate, the the uh, price rate is about one dollar per worker's minute. Okay. So what we have here is not only a connection between labor content and price. Of course, labor content and price, not of individual products, but of baskets. But we have also a, a, a way of converting one to the other in quantitative terms. That is to say, we have, if you like, what is known as the coefficient of proportionality. The two are not only proportional, not for individual products, but for baskets. Price is proportional to, to labor content. We, it is not only proportional, but we have also a way of converting from one to the other. Uh, and this is so, for example, take uh, the sum of $1,000. $1,000 was 
the median uh, uh, weekly wage of workers in the United States a year or two ago. Okay, so you uh, 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 on the average. On sorry, not on the the median worker uh, was paid a thousand dollars for a forty-hour week. What can the uh, what what is the what is the labor content that can, can be purchased for this uh, sum of money for this wage? Well, using using the formula that I just presented, the answer is a thousand divided by thirty multiplied by one half, which is approximately sixteen point seven worker hours. That is to say, uh, the median worker who works for a whole week of 40 hours gets money that enables him or her to purchase a, a basket of products uh, whose labor content is 16.7 worker hours. What happens to the rest? The rest is appropriated by uh, capital, okay? This is an example of a, a very useful way of looking at wages. Uh, we all know that uh, there is a, a difference between nominal wages and real wages. Nominal wages are just the sum of money that you get at a given time for uh, uh, the work you do. Uh, there's the nominal wage rate. Nominal wage rate, of course, means very little because of inflation. So there is something called the real wage. The real wage rate is the wage rate uh, calculated in order to, to uh, take uh, inflation into consideration. The real wages are remain constant if they enable you to uh, buy the same uh, the same uh, basket of consumer goods okay so if your wages keep keep pace with inflation and you get you get a, a, a constant uh, real wage that means that you can purchase the same basket of commodities from one year to the next but hold on, in the meantime, labor productivity has, in, has increased. And I'll come back to, this is a very important uh, parameter in, in the capitalist economy, the increase of labor productivity. So uh, the same basket of commodities that took a given amount of labor to produce uh, uh, in uh, 2010, uh, may now require much less uh, labor time to produce because labor productivity has increased. So while uh, if your uh, real wages remain constant, if you keep play, uh, pace with inflation, you are able to buy uh, uh, the same uh, basket of, of uh, consumer products, you are actually paid 
a, a smaller share of the labor you have uh, uh, invested in the economy. Is this clear? In fact, by keeping uh, real wages fixed, by keeping pace with inflation, you actually get exploited more and more. In order to keep uh, your uh, rate of exploitation uh, at 50%, you need to be compensated over and above the rate of inflation. You need to take uh, into account the productivity, the rising productivity of labor. And this uh, plays a, a very, I'll, I'll get rid of this. Stop. Stop. Um, this uh, uh, plays a, a very important uh, part in, in, in uh, the book I'm talking about. Uh, we need, we, it is useful to measure wages uh, not in uh, nominal terms, not even in real terms, according to the usual statistics, but in terms of its L content. In other words, it is, it is vital in order to understand what is going on, it is vital to convert the money wages into the uh, L content that this money wage is uh, uh, able to purchase. Again, we are talking not about individual products, but about baskets. This is what we call L wage. The L wage of a given uh, uh, work contract uh, is the money wage translated in, into uh, in terms of L content, of labor content. And that the uh, formula for translating it is the one I've given you. The ratio between uh, uh, price and labor content is uh, given by the, the for the simple formula that we have. In other words, we have a way of translating from one to the other. Let me uh, do a share screen again. And uh, okay. Okay. Now, this gives you the L wage rate. The L wage rate is, is how many, uh, uh, how much labor content you are uh, uh, able to uh, purchase for a given uh, uh, hour of work that, that you do for your employer, okay? Now, the average, as we know, is, is, is uh, 50%. That is to say, the average worker, as it were, uh, is, is able uh, to purchase for, I mean, if, 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 if he or she keeps pace with the productivity of labor, uh, is at, at, a, at an average uh, uh, wage share of 50%, the average worker is able to um, purchase a commodity products that, or a basket that has taken a half an hour to produce, all right? 
but uh, it, uh, this is the average world. The, in, in the United States, uh, in the period I was talking about, and this is taken, the source for this is the Bureau of Labor Statistics uh, 2021. Workers on the minimum wage were able to purchase for doing one hour work uh, point 0.12 of uh, an hour's worth of, of uh, labor content. Okay. Fast woodworkers got point 0.20, one fifth, right? One fifth uh, of, uh, let's just say 12, uh, uh, 12 minutes, if I, 12 minutes work. For the, the, the workers were working for one hour and for the wage they got, they were able to uh, purchase 12 minutes worth of uh, labor content. A registered nurse was doing uh, quite a lot better. Registered nurse were paid 0.62 of uh, a, a worker's hour. For doing one hour's work, the uh, registered nurse were, was able to purchase 0 0.62 uh, hours of labor content. A chief executive, look at it, got more than one. That is to say, a chief executive for one hour's uh, employment was able to purchase more than one hour's worth of labor content. We have, in other words, a whole distribution of uh, uh, labor uh, or L what we call L wages, wages measured not in money and not in inflation ex uh, uh, adjusted money, but in labor time, in labor content. Uh, you, you, you are able to see both the, the pay and the inequality of uh, the distribution of L wage. Here is a, a, a realistic graph of L wages. You see at the horizontal axis, you see the L wage rate. Uh, the X here, the X here uh, uh, shows, shows you, the, just a moment. Uh, yeah. The, the X here uh, indicates the average, okay? So, the, uh, but uh, the, the uh, red area indicates the median. Here is the median is, is less than, than the average. And this, this means that about half of the uh, workforce was paid less than the, uh, uh, average uh, wage rate, okay? These, these numbers are in, in terms of, uh, not of money, but uh, the, the, the uh, numbers on the uh, vertical axis are in, in, uh, measured in worker hours. You see the, the, the light blue area here consists of privileged workers who actually get per hour of work uh, 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 wages that enable them to purchase more than an hour's worth 
of the uh, products. Of course, not individual. Well, the, it's it's always a question of, of whole baskets of of uh, uh, commodity products. Okay. Now, uh, let me stop workshop again. Now I I'm nearly through, but I want to uh, uh, address one more important point. From what I've said so far you will see that it is very important to uh, measure the increase of, increase of labor productivity. Okay? Because uh, for the working class, it's important that their wages, I mean, in order to actually stay in one place, in order not to be uh, exploited more from one year to the next, it is important to keep pace, not, not with the price, not only with inflation, but with the rise of their own productivity. If they don't uh, uh, keep pace with their own productivity, then they get exploited more from year to year. How do we measure the increase of uh, productivity? Now, in, in labor, in labor uh, content terms, the productivity is measured in the amount of uh, 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 hours of work that is needed directly or indirectly in order to produce a given product or a given basket of product. This uh, it cannot be observed directly because I mean that uh, you have to take into consideration not only the direct labor that is used for a given basket but also the indirect labor. And this involves a hellishly complicated uh, 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 computation that is not feasible actually to do with, with any uh, accuracy. By the way, the calculation is quite similar to that used for uh, nowadays for calculating carbon imprint. It is also a calculation that takes in, into consideration not only the amount of carbon directly burned in a given uh, process, but also the uh, uh, carbon imprint of the inputs. Okay, this is terribly complicated and you don't get uh, accurate numbers in this way. But we can estimate the uh, uh, change of uh, 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 productivity in material terms by looking at the standard definition of uh, labor productivity, which apparently is something completely different. The uh, standard, if you look at the national statistics of any given uh, uh, country uh, or uh, for the global economy, the labor productivity is measured in the value added, which I defined earlier, the value added uh, uh, obtained or done in, in a given period of time, divided by the number of work hours, of worker hours, okay? So it's, it's, the, it's a sum of money, which is the uh, value added of the economy or of the given sector or of a given firm, if you like, it depends what you're measuring, divided by the number of worker hours uh, expended in order to uh, produce this value added. Okay, so it's a sum of money per worker hour. 
apparently these are two, two completely different uh, measures. I mean, the, the, measure, the material measure of productivity that I defined earlier, and this standard measure, which is obtained by statistics is, is uh, quite another. But we are able to prove that to a high degree of approximation, the rate of change of the uh, material productivity is very nearly the same. So very great uh, probability is very nearly the same as the rate of change of the standard measure of productivity. So although these two measures are quite different for a large economy, for the world economy, for the United States, for the EU, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, the rate of change is uh, 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 very, very close together. So here you see our, our additional results that are, we are able to uh, obtain by using our statistical methodology. I think I've spoken enough. 